My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 105. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I am thrilled that you've joined me today, so thanks for being here. Today's episode explores the question I get asked a lot, and that is, Amy, where do I start? I know why I hear this question from my just starting out or from my newbie students. In fact, it's a question that can come up at any stage of business. It might look a little bit different. So for my newbies, they'll say, where do I start? And for my more seasoned marketers, they'll say, where do I focus? The thing is, there are so many things that we should be doing, at least that we think we should be doing. I mean, social media alone can send anybody into a tailspin. Should you focus more on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest, or should you put more focus on live social streaming like Periscope and live video on Facebook? But then you've got to think about funnels, email marketing, webinars, product creation. I could go on and on. Sometimes the list feels absolutely endless even for a seasoned entrepreneur. But for those just starting out, that list can feel absolutely daunting. Stop you in your tracks, daunting. So to tease today's episode just a bit, my recommendation to the where should I start question is likely not what you're probably expecting. It's not list building or webinars or even creating a course. It's none of that. So stay with me and we'll dive into the specifics in just a minute. Now, before we get there, I wanted to tell you about the freebie I've prepared for today's episode. This freebie is for anyone building a business online, not just for my newbies listening today. Now, I put a lot of thought into this one because I wanted to make it extremely useful for my entire audience, including you. Since we're going to talk about growing and streamlining your business today, I wanted to create a resource to help you identify the areas where you should be seeing some more support, specifically when to hire and who to hire. Today's freebie is called, Where Should My Support Dollars Go? And when you download this special resource, you'll see that I've listed who you should hire depending on where you are in your business right now. 
It's incredibly useful for all stages of business. So to get it now, just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 105 download. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 105 download, or just text the phrase 105 download to the number 33444. And that freebie, where should my support dollars go? Will be all yours instantly. Good stuff, right? Okay, so it's time to move into the meat of today's episode. And what I'm going to recommend here might not be for everyone just starting out because it's gonna take some patience, some perseverance, and a lot of discipline. But if that doesn't scare you off, keep listening. Now, when I talk about a newbie or those that are just starting out, I'm assuming I'm talking about those that are likely not selling anything yet. You're not posting consistently on a blog or you don't have a consistent podcast or video show just yet. You you post on social media, but you're still not really clear about who your ideal customer avatar is. So you're not really sure you're talking to the right people yet. And in addition to that, you likely feel a bit confused and scattered. You don't have a list and you're not really sure exactly what you want to do in your business. You have a good idea, but you haven't solidified it just yet. So you're still experimenting. You're still feeling around a little bit and you're getting things going, but you're just not there yet. And first I want to tell you, we've all been there. We all have to start at the very beginning. So if you feel like a fish out of water, as you build a business inside the worldwide web, believe me, We've all started in the place you're at right now, and there is definitely potential for some amazing success if you stick it out. So here's how I suggest you approach the where do I start question. My recommendation is that you approach your business in two phases. Phase one is focused on how you will make money right now. It's the temporary phase, meaning you likely won't be in this phase much more than a year, maybe max 18 months. Now in phase two, you will move into the ultimate business model that will work best for you and your ideal customer avatar. So in phase two, you're creating a business and a life you love, and you're working with the most perfect ideal customer for what you have to offer. Now, jumping back to phase one, because I want to really dive into both of these phases. In phase one, your goal is to make money right now. And you want to use the skills and the knowledge you already have. And usually the best phase one business model would be consulting or coaching, or maybe even a service-based business where you actually do something for somebody else. Now, here's why I suggest you approach your business in two phases. Again, we're going to dive deep into both, but let me back up just a little bit. I always say that how your business looks today will dramatically change in just a few years. I don't know anybody who has started a business today and then in two years they look at it and think, oh, this is exactly what I was doing two years ago. It just always changes. And the reason for that is that you're going to grow even more. You're going to learn about your audience even more. You're going to really understand what you're really good at and what you hate to do. And you're going to really figure out what will make you money. And so you need that time in the first year, even sometimes into year two, to kind of figure that all out. And that's why your business typically looks different 
today than it will in a year or two down the road. Now, before I talk to you about specifics of each phase, it's important to understand that both phases, phase one and phase two, must be totally aligned. So let's say you're a marriage therapist and ultimately you want to create a course about repairing a broken marriage. In phase one, you might take one-on-one coaching clients. So you're actually coaching, let's say, either couples or individuals about their broken marriage and how they can fix it and what they can do. And you're getting really tactical with them, really personal with them. You're in the trenches with them in phase one. And then you move into phase two, where you actually start to build out a product suite of online courses around this overarching message of counseling couples to have better marriages. See how the two are totally aligned? That's a perfect example of having a phase one and having a phase two inside your business. Now, here's the good news. If you hate the thought of spending time in phase one, meaning you want to jump to phase two, and I'll explain to you what a business model in phase two will look like, but here's a hint. Maybe phase two is all about building a business model around creating online courses. And if you're thinking, I just want to go there, Amy, I don't want to stay in phase one. I want you to know that there is a silver lining. All the work you do in phase one will set you up for unbelievable, unshakable success in phase two. So if you do the work in phase one, you can reap the benefits really, really quickly in phase two. How do I know this? Because this is exactly what I did in my own business. Now, you've probably already heard me talk about this if you follow my podcast or any of my free webinars, but when I started back in 2010, the first two full years of my business were focused on consulting and coaching. Now, I didn't look at my business as two phases, though. I fell into consulting and coaching because I was desperate to make money, and I didn't yet have any online courses, and I didn't know any other way to make money. So right away when I quit my corporate job, I thought, oh, shoot, I'm kind of in trouble. I didn't have a lot of money saved. So I needed to make money right away, and I started consulting. Now, you've probably heard the story where I absolutely hated the consulting slash coaching business, really because I didn't know how to set any expectations. There were no boundaries whatsoever. I had clients that expected craziness from me. I was doing social media for small brands and big brands. And again, their expectations were insane. I couldn't even meet half of them. And then I had too many clients, so I was spread way too thin. I didn't manage it well. But here's the reason why that didn't work so well for me. I mean, it worked in the sense that I got in the trenches, I did the work, I really started to understand my audience and what they needed. So I feel like that shaped me immensely. But what didn't work for me is I didn't know that that could be temporary. I thought, holy cow, I've started a business that I don't love. I created a business model that is not what I want. I've screwed up. I'm a total mess, like what a failure. I left corporate with big expectations for myself. Now I have a business I don't love. In hindsight, as I've been doing some research for this episode and really thinking about my newbie students, because I get asked this question a lot, where do I start? I started to realize that if I took that experience and said, okay, Amy, talking to myself, okay, Amy, you're gonna be doing this for only 18 months. You're going to consult and coach for 18 months, and then you're going to transition into phase two, which is the ultimate business model you want, which is creating online courses. So stay with it. 
get your hands dirty, get in the trenches, do the work, understand your avatar, work on your online courses. But in phase two is when we're going to actually start to sell those courses and really phase out of the consulting coaching. If you told me there was a deadline, a light at the end of the tunnel for me, I would have approached it so much differently. Quite honestly, I would have had a better attitude. Shame on me that I didn't have a better attitude. I know that was my fault. But if I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and realized that I can shift my business model, I would approach approach that so much differently. So I wanted to share that with you because I'm glad I did it. And I think it truly did set me up for really quick success in phase two. I just didn't realize what was happening at the time. And so I want to make it really intentional for you. Now, the reason I'm coming up with this whole recommendation of two phases is because most people, when they're just starting out in their business, make really bad decisions if they're desperate for money. So that's why we typically say yes to everything. We start taking on things that we actually resent. We travel all over the world for speaking gigs that are really not going to help our business grow. And we say yes to helping other people when we would really rather say no. We just make these decisions because we're desperate. Like, I don't know what's going to work. I need to make money right now. And then everything we think we should be doing is getting put on the sideline. And that frustrates us and makes us feel like everyone else is succeeding but ourselves. So you see like the downward spiral this can really send most people into. And so instead of making some bad decisions about your business model early on, I say, don't make those big decisions about your business model just yet. Allow yourself some flexibility, some breathing space, some room for experimentation in phase one. So when you get into phase two, you hit the ground running. Okay, so let's talk about phase one and what that might look like for you. The first thing you can consider is doing some consulting, but there's some layers of consulting that I want you to look into. So of course you know about consulting, but let's talk about what that might look like. The first thing you might want to do is do retainer-based consulting. And retainer-based means that you get a retainer for a certain amount of uh, hours you do, let's say, every single month. Now, the pros to a retainer-based business would be that you have consistent income and you can grow with the client because you're sticking with them every month. You get this retainer fee, you're working with them, so you're growing with the client, which means you learn a lot about them. The con is at times you're at the beck and call of a client because you're a, have a retainer, you know, the hours are a little bit abstract, I guess, and they can call you whenever they need. And usually you only have one or two clients. And so if you lose one, it kind of puts your business at risk. So an example of this is if you're a copywriter and you say, okay, I'm going to give you 25 hours a week. Well, that's a really big chunk. So you can't have many clients. And if you lose a client, you just lost a big chunk of your revenue. So there's definitely pros and cons. I did the retainer based business in my early years. So I had just a few clients at one time. One time I had up to eight clients, which was way too many. But for a little while, I had three clients kind of near the end of my consulting coaching. And I worked the bulk of my 40 hours a week just for those three clients. At one time it was even only two. So I liked this because I like that feeling of like I'm rooted somewhere and I know what to expect. So it worked for my personality, but again, some pros and cons there. 
So another way that you can approach consulting is through packages. So you create packages and then people come to you and say, okay, I want package B. And one of the great things about doing packages is that you're telling them what you're going to do and what's included. So there's some real structure to it, which I like. So I often tell my students, if you're going to do any kind of consulting, I like the idea of creating packages so you can control it a little bit more versus a retainer based business. One day you're working on X, the other day you're working on Y. You're not always sure what's coming down the pipeline. You know what you're working on in a package based consulting type business. Now the pro to this is with a package, there's a finite end to the project. So you'll say, okay, I'm going to design your website and we're going to start on this date. We're going to end on this date. And this is exactly what's included. That package is $5,000. So it's that kind of thing. Um, also you can market yourself and find a niche. So let's say that you are a website designer. You can say, okay, I design websites for therapists and these are the three different packages you can buy. And you can really make a name for yourself in a niche when you have packages like that. Also, you become an expert and you have some expertise in a specific area, which I think really helps grow your business and moves you into phase two quicker. So I like the idea of these packages. Now, a con to a package-based consulting business is that sometimes those packages are short-term, so you have to hustle to fill up more packages. It just depends on the length of those packages, how long they actually last working with the client. So again, another example might be you provide copy and strategy for a specific nurture campaign funnel. So you're working on that over two weeks and then you're done with the package, you deliver it kind of thing. Another way to look at consulting is through ongoing gigs or preferred vendors. So you sign up for a series of projects with, let's say, one vendor that you're working with. So that's another way you can look at it. I think a pro to that is you've got ongoing revenue and you're locked in for a certain amount of time and the project has a deadline. Now, a con to that would be you're locked into the series, so you might miss some other opportunities. So to give you an example, you might fill a series of monthly video blogs for a client and every month, you know, you've got this ongoing gig that you're going to do, write video scripts for a client or whatever it might be. And so that might look a little bit like a retainer based or package based, but it's always the same vendor. It happens every single month and you're kind of locked into it. So just, I guess, a little bit different way to look at it. Now, another way you can do consulting is with one-off projects, but we're not going to cover that because they are all (laughs) evil. So I do not want you picking up random one-off projects to try and build a business because this is kind of what I did in my really early years of consulting and I hated it. You never really get comfortable with the client. You're never really sure if you're delivering exactly what they want. The timelines are usually very tricky and I just don't think they're the best way to do business. I don't want you constantly writing random bids for people either. So I think the retainer based or the package based for consulting to me would be the best way to go. Okay. And also you can have a mix of these things. So you could do some retainer, some package based, and you could also have an ongoing gig with, let's say one of your vendors. So you can kind of mix and match these, but you want to be deliberate and intentional in terms of how you run your consulting business. Now, switching gears a little bit, you can also do a coaching style business where maybe you do weekly calls with a group or an individual or weekly call or monthly calls with a group or individual. 
So you might be a health coach and you get five clients and they all get one-on-one time with you. And every other week you talk to these clients and then they get email access to you and whatever else it might be. And this is how you are bringing in income. So I think you probably are familiar with coaching. Again, you can do it as group coaching or one-on-one coaching. Usually if you do one-on-one coaching, of course you can take less people, but sometimes you can charge more. So you have to kind of weigh your pros and cons there. So those are the two types of businesses that I think probably are best for phase one. Now, one more layer to this is you could also look at your business more like a service-based business. So I mentioned being a copywriter before, and you could do like a retainer as a copywriter. That's kind of like a service-based business where you're doing it for them. So you also want to decide, are you going to provide a service that you do the work for them? Or are you going to consult at a higher level or coach at a high level where you're not actually getting in there doing the work, but you're consulting as a, a true sense of the word consulting. So for me, I definitely did a mix of both. I would coach on social media But then I would consult and during my consulting, I would actually do a lot of the work. I would write blog posts for people. I would do their social media posting. So I was more of a do it for you kind of service. So I had a mix of coaching, consulting, and kind of do it for you service packages. And again, packages work really well when you're doing a service-based business because it can get a little out of hand if you don't have those boundaries. So you want to decide as well as how much are you going to do for these people? And let me tell you, people want the do it for you services. There is money to be made there. It's just really tough at times. So maybe you don't do your entire phase one as a service-based business. Maybe you mix it up a little bit. So just something to think about. Now there's other ways to build a business model. And these next few things I'm going to talk to you about are more phase two. So of course you could do them in phase one, but I wouldn't recommend it. So phase two, one of my favorite business models is to create an online training program or a suite of online training programs. So something that you might already know about me, but my entire business model is through online courses. So the only way I make money right now is through my own online courses or promoting a few select affiliate online courses or tools like lead pages. So I don't get paid to speak. I choose that. So I don't want to speak on stage and get paid for it. At least very rarely will that happen. And I don't do one-on-one consulting or coaching or mastermind groups or anything like that. My entire multi-million dollar business is based on creating and selling online training courses. So believe me when I tell you that is very doable when you do it right. And Over the next few weeks, I'm going to have a lot of podcast episodes that are focused primarily on how to create your online course. So if that gets you excited, definitely listen up for the podcast episodes to follow this one, because we're going to be diving into a lot of those topics around creating online courses. Now there's other business models. You can do like a mastermind business model where you do maybe live events like in-person events and online events. There's a coaching component to your mastermind groups, but there's a lot of money to be made if you are a really good facilitator in mastermind groups. So you could start your own. Now, why that feels to me like more of a phase two kind of thing is that you want to get your name out there. You want to make sure that you're really good at what you do and you want to be that authority. And the way you do that is you start to kind of ramp up your business, coaching and consulting in the beginning, posting regularly on social media 
and putting consistent content out there in phase one will really set you up to building an amazing mastermind group in phase two. So I, you know, it goes without saying, I guess that in phase one, when you're coaching and consulting or doing these service-based businesses, you want to be doing the other things that are important. You can't do it all, but I think creating consistent content on a weekly basis is super important. Growing your list, even if it happens really slowly in phase one is really important. And those are two things that I talk about in my free list building webinar I have. So we talk about creating consistent content and, and setting up an infrastructure to build your list every day. And you can do that in phase one. So if you want to check that out, go to amyporterfield.com forward slash list building, and I have a free masterclass all about it. Okay. So another way that you could have a really awesome business model is through e-commerce. So if you sell a physical product, of course, e-commerce is a really cool thing to do in terms of building a business model. And you could probably do that. You know, you don't need to have phases for that. So if you already have a product and you know how to talk about it and you know how to promote it online, then you can be doing that right from the get-go of starting your business. That's not really where I specialize. I don't talk a lot about e-commerce. I did interview Steve Chow in episode number 103. He's an expert in e-commerce. So that was probably my only episode I've ever talked about e-commerce. Might be worth you checking out if that's something you wanna do. Now remember, the question you wanna ask in deciding your business model in phase one is how can I make money right now? And the quickest way to make money right now in phase one is through coaching or consulting based on your skills and knowledge. And also phase one lets you sharpen your skills and gives you the opportunity to get into the trenches with your ideal customer avatar so that you can understand their needs and their wants and their genuine pain points. This intel is incredibly valuable as you begin to hone in on, the, on your own messaging for your business. Now, as I mentioned, phase one lets you breathe a little. You get to be more creative. You get to get inspired. You get to go through different online training programs from other people so you can start to learn more. And you don't have to make those really big decisions about your business just yet. That's what I mean about the breathing space. So if you're not yet building your ultimate business model, then that means you don't have to make the really big decisions that can cost you a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. When you're just consulting or coaching, you've got some wiggle room there. And that's why I really love the idea of giving yourself a little slack and breaking up your business into two phases. So let's look at phase two. And again, this is the real juicy stuff. This is the ultimate business model that's going to work for you. Here's a few things to consider. If you're pretty clear about what phase one will look like, then I want you to now focus on what phase two will look like. So again, a few things to consider. Your time in phase one will shed a lot of light on what phase two should ultimately look like in terms of creating your ideal business model. So how do you want to spend your time in your business? What would a typical day look like? How can you support your avatar at the highest level when you're in phase two? And how does your avatar want to engage with you and take in your content? You know, a membership site might be fantastic, but if your avatar is not at all interested in a monthly membership site, then it's probably not your ideal business model. These are the things you figure out in phase one. So again, there needs to be alignment between what you want to do and what your avatar needs and wants from you. That's what Marie Forleo calls the sweet spot. 
So spending a little time really understanding what you want to do, what you want to deliver, how you want to teach and what your audience really needs and wants from you. That intersection is really important to figure out. You usually figure that out in phase one. Now, in many situations, including my own, a business model that offers a lot of flexibility, consistent revenue, and an abundance of opportunity to impact your audience is one that you are building online training courses. So that's why I'm so passionate about teaching you all how to create online training courses because it really is an amazing business model. Again, a lot of flexibility, consistent revenue when you set it up right. And if you love to create content and you love to teach, then this is definitely a business model I want you to look into. Now, here's something that you might find valuable. If you go into phase one as a consultant or a coach, you can be working on your online training program at the same time. So once you've been at it for a few months, you're going to get pretty clear right away in terms of who your avatar is, what they need from you, what they want from you, and what you really want to teach them. And from there, you can start working on your course creation business model, meaning you can start putting together your outline and start working on the content that's ultimately going to go inside your course. So you don't need to wait till phase two happens in order for you to create your course. If phase two business model is a course creation business model that you want to create, you can start working on that in phase one. And once you hit phase two, you can hit the ground running with promoting that program. So I guess that's probably why I'm partial. I mean, this episode's a little biased. I totally get that. But I'm known for teaching what I know best. I'm known for teaching what I do in my own business. And I can say with all certainty that building a business model around creating online courses is, like I said earlier, an amazing experience. And it's one I at least want you to start to consider, kind of just think about what that might look like in your own business. So you know, all my episodes are really actionable and I want to walk you through step-by-step what this might look like in terms of you getting started with phase one and phase two of your business. If you're a newbie, if you're just starting out, or if you're struggling and you feel like this is not what I was supposed to create, I feel like I'm doing something wrong here. You might want to kind of hit the restart button and look at your business in these two phases. So let me walk you through it. First, I want you to decide on your business model for phase one. Again, consulting, coaching, or some kind of service-based business is likely the best fit for phase one. Now, from there, I want you to choose the date that you will start phase one. And some of you are already in it. Some of you are already doing coaching and consulting. So if you're already in it, great. If not, if you're really, really, really just starting out, choose the date that you will start phase one. And then... And this is the fun part. Choose the date that phase one will end and phase two will start. This is where I did it all wrong. I didn't even look at my business in two phases and I thought I was stuck in phase one forever and I stayed there way too long. So I say stay in phase one for about a year, give or take a little bit. But I think a year is pretty safe for you to learn all you need to learn. And again, you can be working on other stuff like list building and content creation and and outlining your course. You can be working on that in phase one. So a year is probably a, a good timeline there. Now, there might be some overlap between the two phases, and that's fine. But there needs to be a definitive date when phase one no longer exists. Again, I never set a true date and I felt trapped and I don't want you to feel that way as well. 
So in choosing the date that phase two will start, you might not know exactly what you want to create as your ultimate business model, phase two, and that's okay. So the work you do in phase one will shed so much light on what you like to do and what you want to do and what your audience needs. So it's okay if you're not totally sure about what phase two is going to look like yet, still choose a date in terms of when it's going to start because you'll get really clear as that date starts to approach. Now, a few extra notes. If you're in a nine to five job right now and you want to work on your business on the side, the goal of deciding on a phase one is so that you can quit your day job as soon as possible and fully focus on your own business. So you might be, you know, doing some consulting on the side as you're in your nine to five job. But as you build that coaching and consulting business, you get to quit your nine to five job because that can sustain you and help you move into phase two. You likely will not move into phase two while you still have a nine to five job. So just want to put that out there. That would be really, really tough. Now, if you think you want to skip phase one and go directly into phase two, which is your ideal business model, just be cautious. One of the reasons I suggest a phase one is to help you figure out what you like to do and what you do best as well as help you understand and know your audience and their needs even more. So coaching and consulting and done for you services, these are the things that get you in the trenches. And I know I've said that a million times throughout this episode, but I really want to hit home with it because you really do learn a lot. Now, here's what you can do in phase one to prepare for phase two. So you can hit the ground running the minute that that date hits that you're going into phase two. And that is one, you can study your avatar inside and out. So during phase one, you become obsessed with understanding who this avatar is. Number two, you can start to list build because as you understand who your avatar is, you can start to create freebies for this avatar to start growing your list. You don't need to do it at record speed and have hundreds of thousands of people on your list, but you can at least start. And also you can begin to create your course. So again, I'll be talking about that in the coming episodes, but you can start to really decide on what you want to teach, what that's going to look like and really learn what it's going to take to create a course. So that course can actually be created once you move into phase two, which is kind of cool. So a few final words on this before we wrap up, if you're not necessarily a newbie, meaning you've been at it for a while, but you're struggling a bit with where you should focus. So you're not really asking Amy, where do I start? But instead you're saying, Amy, where should I focus to actually grow my business? My answer to you is to look deeper into the business you've created and ask yourself a few questions. Questions like number one, have you created a business model that is actually working for you? Do you love what you do inside your business model? Does your audience really see a need for it? Do they connect with you and engage with you? Or is it like pulling nails anytime you talk about what it is you're doing or what you're selling? You know in your gut if you are actually creating something that there's a true desire for it. And so that's one question you want to ask yourself. Number two, you want to ask yourself if you should be staying horizontal longer in your business. Now, with horizontal and vertical, I talked about this in episode 100. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 100. And basically that means, should you be focused on one project in your business and staying with it longer, like I did with the Profit Lab over two years, I just really only focused on one product, or is it time to be adding some extra things to your business like a coaching mastermind or maybe a membership site on top of everything else you've created? Most people need to stay horizontal longer. Now, when you're in the coaching or consulting business, 
I say stay there about a year if you're going to do these two phases. So that's kind of like staying horizontal with coaching or consulting for a year. But really where this horizontal or vertical really comes into play is in phase two when you've been at it for a while and you sometimes want to just jump ship and try something new where maybe you need to go back and refine and tweak the project that you are making money with that you could be making a whole lot more money with if you really did it right. So again, amyporterfield.com forward slash 100, you can hear all about how to stay horizontal versus when is it time to go vertical. And then the third thing is you want to ask yourself if you've been at it for a while and your business isn't growing at the rate that you want it to, do you have the right team in place to support your growth? And sometimes all it takes is a few extra people to support you to allow your business to get to where it needs to go. So that's just something I want you to think about. And that's a really good segue into reminding you to download my special freebie for today's episode called, where should my support dollars go? So one aspect that anyone at any level should be thinking about is how do I want to make the most of my time by hiring the support that I need? Listen, I know this part is scary because I'm telling you getting help for your business is a must. And when you put out money before you're making a lot of money, that's the scary part. And then some people think, I don't even know what I'd have them do. Don't worry. I cover that in this freebie. So I give you a resource of a hundred different things you could have extra support do for you to kind of free up your workload. So I cover that for sure. So just to remind you, if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash one zero five download, you can get this freebie instantly. Or if you like to text, just text the phrase one zero five download to the number three, three, four, 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 and you can get your hands on it right away. So there you have it. I hope there were a few light bulb moments in this episode to help you look at your business differently or just approach it with a different perspective so you can make sure that it's growing at the rate that makes you insanely happy to be in the business that you've created. Thank you so very much for being here with me and make sure that you take action on this. If it spoke to you, don't waste the time you just spent with me here, but instead start moving toward taking action. I would love to hear about your success. So if you choose a date for phase one and phase two, jump on social media, let me know. I want to hear all about it. And also I want to just tell you to be patient with yourself. The success for most people, especially myself, does not happen overnight. And if you just stick with it and believe in what you're doing and really insanely take care of those that you serve, you will see the success that you're after. Good luck in all you do. And I can't wait to connect with you again next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.